Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer K. Hill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's such a pleasure to have you back here with us. And thank you for tuning in to Regarding Consciousness. Your listening makes all the difference. Today we have with us an amazing author who became an immediate friend for me as soon as we hopped on to record this interview. We have Shauna Zalazo with us today, originally from Montreal, Canada. She is a psychotherapist, an intuitive channel, spiritual coach, mentor, and teacher, as well as an incredible author. I can't wait to talk to you about her new book. She is a licensed clinical social worker who holds an MSW from Smith College School for Social Work. Shauna began her social work career in the end-of-life care as a hospice social worker before transitioning into private practice as a psychotherapist. For the last decade, Shauna has focused on providing clarity and support as an intuitive channel, connecting with the higher realms to offer guidance, spiritual coaching, and mentorship as well as teaching. Trained in a variety of modalities, Shauna is a former elite runner and two-time Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon, as well as a former competitive athlete, triathlete that is. As a surfer, today Shauna uses her relationship to sports as a medium to be in sacred relationship with the temple of the body. She lives in coastal New Hampshire where she surfs with her sisterhood year-round. And this is her first book that is coming out, which is called In the Way of Inanna. Shauna, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to connect with you. Yeah, my God, what a compelling story. It's such a pleasure to get to be in this position, to read books like yours, and to be awe-inspired. You, I was in tears, honestly. In the first few pages, you had me at hello, as they say, and would love for you to give a little context about Inanna, this goddess who is also known, I believe, as Athena, as Venus, depending on all the different cultures, and what inspired you to write her story, which is so intermingled beautifully with your own. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share the information about Inanna. Why I love Inanna and is because of what she represents. She is a goddess who embraces her polarities and it speaks to our humanness in this beautiful way. And her, she's certainly re-emerging because there's definitely a collective sense of her. She's reaching many people all across the world right now. And certainly I felt that. I felt her reaching towards me. And this definitely felt like a an agreement between the two of us to bring forward this story and to help her be able to help humanity at this time. Because indeed, we are in this process of evolution that her message is extremely supportive, provide us with the insight and the understanding of how to negotiate this evolution. So she is the goddess of love and war. She has many epitaphs, which really is another reason why I love her so much, because she really represents multidimensionality. She is considered the, the evening and the morning star as Venus. She's the goddess of thunderstorms and rain. So she's also the queen of heaven and earth. So she represents this way in which there's no parts of herself that must be disavowed. She embraces all aspects of herself, which is a very valuable message at this time. Mm -hmm. This idea of pursuing a spiritual path 
and and yet also being insisting, let's say, on our physicality in the way that she does. That used to strike me as maybe being in contrast to each other, but through Inanna, who insists on her physicality, it helps me understand why I have done the same. Mm. And it helps me understand that her message is that the body is the vehicle for our divinity in this life and to move us through our, to help us arrive in our to our ascension or at our ascension through our ascension so this relationship i have had with the body as an athlete became really clear to me in my relationship with anana but she also prioritizes her pleasure in general which is this message for women across the world to reconnect with our own bodies to prioritize our pleasure and to really to upgrade our relationship with our body so there's a message that comes through from Inanna that really emphasizes self-love. And to me, that is the way that we help bring about change in the world. If we begin with the self and lift our vibration, lift our relationship with self and engage with self in an unconditionally loving way, then that's that's the energy that's poured forward into the into all relationships and certainly into the world. So this is her message. And the embracing of polarities is really this powerful idea that clicked for me in the, to help me understand that I don't need to be ashamed of aspects of myself, but I can celebrate that I am, I have a warrior energy in the sense of being an athlete. And yet I'm also a mother and tender in that way so that these aren't opposite aspects they are synthesized into who i am mm. through understanding inanna and she just does that so beautifully so i love that i was so touched honestly shana when i started reading the book and you wrote i think you were 19 at the time and you were writing this essay that was tied into suicide. And it's something very near and dear to my heart. I tried to commit suicide three times myself, talking about the two aspects of our personality. People look at me now and they say, oh, Jennifer, that's impossible. You're such a happy, easygoing, spiritual person. And we have the dark and we have the light. <laughs> there is dark and light in everything. And in fact, a quick side note, God forbid somebody is struggling with suicide. Uh, Deepak has a website called Never Alone dot love that I just want to do a shout out for because what they did is the co-founder of Never Alone, Gabriella Wright, her sister died by suicide four years ago and they created an AI called Piwi, P-I-W-I that has helped prevent 6,000 suicides around the world, which is just extraordinary. So God forbid, if you do have a loved one who's going through that, I just wanted to digress and mention that for anybody who might be struggling. So to your point in the book though, Shauna, it's, it was just such a riveting part. This is the part where you had me in tears and you're talking in the book about how you just wrote this essay. And I'm going to let you share the story because it's just so moving in your own words. Thank you so much. And I'm so pleased to hear that about Deepak's a resource that's so incredibly powerful. So thank you for sharing that. In the as the part of the book that you're describing, I was 19 and I was in the end of my freshman year at, at school in, at McGill. And I was writing a paper on... Kate Chopin's The Awakening, in which the heroine dies by soul. She takes her own life through drowning, and but she had just learned how to swim the whole summer. That was what she was doing. It was this beautifully empowering experience. But 
in the story I was, or in the paper, I was describing how this was really her way in which she was reclaiming her life and taking her life back, back into her own hands. And, and then I rushed because it was definitely an all-nighter. And I, at that time, we had to deliver things. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go and actually take it and put it in this box in the English department to for the final paper. And on my way back, it, which was still pretty early morning, when I came into my apartment and it was still dark, there was this, because the shades were still drawn, and there was a blinking light going off in, it was my machine. And, and it was a very alarming experience because I just wasn't expecting something to show up that early. So it, it was my father's message. And he was explaining to me that my mother was in the hospital mm-hmm. and, and that she had taken her life, but she hadn't yet passed. The story that or the paper that I had just written honestly supported me to get through this because I kept telling myself, my 19 year old self, there must be a way wherein there is, this is her attempt to reclaim herself. Like I had to see it from a strengths-based perspective because it was just crushing me as a young person and as a sensitive person. I was like, just to tune into that energy with her. So yes, it was very powerful to have that experience and it supported me. So Kate Chopin was definitely supporting me in this process for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. That is the power of books, much like your book can support so many people is sharing our journeys and our stories and the harrowing parts of it, as well as the blissful and joyful parts. Life is not always, it's not always bliss. It's not always joy. We might have momentary happiness or momentary sadness or depression. And the question is, how do we embody all of it? Just as the goddess Inanna teaches us, talk to us a little bit about that. How do you learn to embrace, how do you embrace the yin, the yang, the dark, the light? How do you allow it all to unfold? Such a beautiful question. And definitely that's one of her messages for sure. When the idea and part of why I was drawn to write this book was because of her connection or her deliberate emphasis on initiation Mm -hmm. and the gates that she goes through in her descent to the underworld. And this is an initiatory process. It supports us to be able to integrate that dark and light. If we access a perspective or look through the lens of initiation in our life so that we can see that through, if we if we go through something that is challenging, if we engage what shows up in our life, that can be just incredibly overwhelming and painful. But understanding that it's an initiatory process, an opportunity for our soul to evolve mm-hmm. and ultimately to transcend fear, to hold the heart open. And so the integration, like I said earlier about her way in which she doesn't disavow any part of herself, mm-hmm. it's acceptance, this acceptance of that what is showing up in our life and even the very challenging experiences and particularly the very challenging experiences that they are showing up not as a a test from some higher dimensional being, but an opportunity, an invitation from ourselves to engage with it in a way wherein we can transcend fear, keep our heart open and show ourselves how powerful we are. It's an invitation for us to see what we are made of and to hold the perspective of acceptance. This is the, that piece is one of Inanna's biggest messages really is this deep acceptance of our multidimensionality, including the dark and the light. 
And she reclaims her dark aspect, which is, or shadow aspect in her descent. And that's a huge message from her around this merging with her sister self, Ereshkigal, who is the queen of the underworld. When she does go through her, in her most famous myth, the descent of Inanna, she reclaims that and insists on it, which is a message that is so powerful and important today. So poignant today. Mm. Well, you're touching on such an important topic, and that's the idea of the things we feel shame and guilt about. And I know you're talking about that in the book as well. How do we even begin to reconcile that? Human beings, I was personally bulimic. I went through 10 years of self-loathing, self-hatred, among many other things. And it really does take almost a miracle to be able to accept those parts of yourself, and especially all of the things that we, air quotes, did wrong, all of the things that we should have done differently or the mistakes we made. How do we transform that and then embrace and love ourselves after the heartache, after the darkest night of the soul that we could have experienced? Absolutely. So that, first of all, I'm so sorry that you had that experience, and I'm so grateful you're sharing it because it speaks to what so many of us have experienced relating to the body. And I do explain this in the book around this sort of targeting of the collective second chakra. That yes, has big impact, chakra. Yeah, that has impacted our relationship with our bodies and impacted our experience of shame. And the one of the ways to transcend it or move beyond it is to experience it as almost like the feeling of we're going to pull the ground from under you and now show yourself how you can find your footing. It's like an opportunity when you are feeling that shame. It's an invitation to you to say, okay, how can I open my heart? This is all about keeping the heart open. This is all about engaging and dropping into the heart center. And can we do it? Can we have the, can we engage with ourselves? the way that we engage with others can we be unconditionally loving the way to ourselves the way we are to our kids or our lovers and the experience when i conceptualize going through something like what you're describing it feels like a surfacing it's like a coming up to come out of wounding that's ready to be cleared. And so the process of going through it, of having a particular struggle with something, if we shift our lens again towards or to the idea of it being an initiation, then we can observe it from a strengths-based perspective and understand why it's happening and see it as an opportunity to evolve beyond the shame and see that the process of the shame itself emerging is just literally coming up to clear so to hold that it's really an opportunity always to reframe and if you reframe and see it from a strengths-based perspective you will be more able to engage the higher vibrational perspectives or concepts like love and non-judgment yeah i think it ties in i've read several times about how it takes about 90 seconds i think to fully feel an emotion and you're a psychiatrist or psychologist i believe it is correct therapist yeah like a therapist and so that's what i've understood and think of how often we feel shame or we feel happy or we feel sad and yet we we try to suppress because we make the emotion or the thing wrong and i love the idea of what you're sharing about this idea of initiation that all of this is part of this human virtual reality suit that we're wearing oh this is what sorrow feels like oh this is what chocolate tastes like oh this is what sex is like this is this human body suit that we're experiencing and yet 
It was funny, years ago, I remember in a Kabbalah course, the teacher once explained it this way. Imagine if we had a game, let's say the game is soccer, and you were playing a game of soccer, but there was no goalie on the net. All you were doing was kicking the ball in the net, kicking the ball in the net. There would be no game. There'd just be a guy or a girl or whomever kicking a ball in a net. Yet we as human beings chose to put the opponent, the goalie there. The goalie is the shame, the guilt, the fear, the trepidation, the wonder, the awe. That is our opponent, our equal, that we put there so that as we have this human body experience, that we are challenged to grow, to push ourselves, to find new ways to get the proverbial ball into the net, right? Absolutely. I love that analogy. <laughs> Steal it. Feel free to take it. It came from the Kabbalist. <laughs> so brilliant because that's it indeed. And that's the reframe I'm talking about is this idea of in what way is this helping in my evolution? In what way can I engage from the most consciousness I have access to in this now moment with this situation? And if you do, you're more able to engage it from the healing or the whole aspect of self instead of the wounded aspect of self. The wounded is going to lead us to a fear response. Mm -hmm. But if we say, okay, I, I understand I have gone through something that was challenging and I have some wounding around it. But if I was whole, if I was healed, if this was, if I was beyond this, how would I respond to this? Would I interpret it as, would I take it personally? Would I feel shame about this? So I love that analogy so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's wonderful. And you know what you made me think of too? One of my other favorite things, I do heart math trainings and coaching from time to time. And do you know heart math's work, I'd imagine? Yes. Love. Shout out to heart math. Heart math is amazing. We, we heart math. And in heart math, they actually talk about this idea of personal resilience. And if you think of yourself like a battery, like you're this human battery walking around, if we don't recharge ourselves, that's when the shame, the guilt drags us down, it grips us and it pulls us down because we don't have the wherewithal, the resilience, the ability to be like that rubber band and bounce back. Yet when we do that work, the heart work, which you talk about beautifully in the book, when we heal the heart, when we open the heart, when we recharge, replenish our battery, it's like those days. Have you ever had a fight with a loved one, a family member, a friend, a colleague, whatever it is, and it's always on that day where you didn't sleep quite well or maybe you ate something that didn't agree with you and you are just reactive and snappy with people. But on the days where you've had enough rest, maybe you meditated, whatever your practice is, it's on those days where you can take it and flow and it's like somebody says something or you're mad at yourself for making a mistake, you bounce back. It's no big deal. And then you move on. And I think that's really what I'm hearing you say that we're working towards, Shauna, in the story and the guidance that Anana is offering us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love heart math. I reference heart math in the book. Of course. <laughs> Yes, for that, it, it, it really does come down to the heart, really, ultimately, the way that the book is structured is there are seven gates, which are the chapters. And the last one is it, it ends and I relate the gates to the various energy centers in our bodies, the various chakras in our bodies, and I end with the heart as the seventh gate, because they're not sequential, which is by design, but but because when we move into our ascent, it's an opportunity for us to check in the power of the into, the into the heart and see, are there any limiting beliefs that are still present that might be 
wanting to be upgraded. And it speaks to the idea that the heart is where it is the sort of main informer of our reality. And so to bring our consciousness consistently back into that center, we are engaging or living consciously and we're doing it from a place of love. So there's a, this is the way where Inanna's message is engage like that with yourself and it will transform the whole. What we do as self, we do to the whole or with the whole in support of the whole. A hundred percent. And I love too, that you tie into the book, the idea of Anana being synonymous with unity consciousness. It's so powerful. There's a project I'm involved with called the Unitive Narrative. People can go to the unitivenarrative.org if they're interested. And the Unitive Narrative was basically originally written for the 2030 United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. And it was based on the fact that there are over a thousand scientific articles that show we evolve to cooperate not to compete. Even some of my top scientific friends, Don Hoffman, who's been here on the show with us before Deepak, Don and I had a profound conversation around that, about how I think it was natural selection by evolution by natural selection pops out as an artifact in the math for consciousness that we're getting to, but that actually, as human beings, we evolved to cooperate. And when you begin to explore, how would you run a business? How would you be in a relationship with someone? How would you be a good friend? If you were doing it from a place of cooperation, not competition, it really gives you a paradigm shift of how to be a human being. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I'm an identical twin. So I literally came into the womb in connection with another being. And so that's always informed me that there is this interconnection. It's just, I literally was born into it, to this concept. And so that's the other piece that, that is so profound about Inanna because she is, she is embracing not only within herself, her own totality, but the totality of all, right? She's saying, I would like to be queen of heaven, earth, and I would like to access mastery over the great below. There's this inclusivity. She's all about inclusivity. So I love that. I love that there is, I love the emerging science around unity consciousness. Thank you for showcasing that on your show. <laughs> I know. I'm praying one day, two of my dear friends, so Don and Jude Curvin, who we'll also have on the show very soon. Jude has a new book coming out called The Story of Gaia that ties in all of the science. She was one of the main authors of this unitive narrative paper. And she and Don, one day, we just for kicks and giggles, I put Zoom on. I said, guys, I really want to put you together and have a conversation on consciousness. And so Don, coming from his perspective as a neuroscientist, talked about his mathematical formula for consciousness from the individual conscious agent perspective. And then Jude came in and talked about her mathematical formula for consciousness from the cosmological perspective. And I kid you not, Shauna, I sat there, it was like eating popcorn. I was giddy like a school kid because by the time we got to the end of it, from the cosmological to the conscious agent perspective, you could see that it was all the same. That's it. Could you imagine? What if we could see the oneness in all of us? The hardships would reveal light. And that really is the point, isn't it? Oh, that gives me chills. I can't wait to hear that and tune into that. I know. I have to ask them both permission. We didn't record it for this show, but it was just something that we felt like doing one day because it's just that's why we're doing this show. It's about consciousness. It's about how do we integrate the heart, mind, body, spirit? How do we integrate it all, embrace the inner God, goddess within each and every one of us? And so, Shauna, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Before we get into where people can find you and look up some of your links, which of course we'll have in the show notes, do us a favor and tell us, 
what would be your advice for anybody who's going through maybe this this arduous journey, this reconciliation juxtaposition of the light and the dark in their own lives? What advice would you give or wisdom based on your profound knowledge you share in the book? The idea that if this is showing up, it is because you possess, and Nana is sometimes depicted with armor on her back. And the artist in my book, oh, I love my artist. She's so beautiful. Madeline Hay, she did a representation of Inanna who's who doesn't have the armor on her back. She's not carrying this, the arrows on her back. And what is significant about that is that she is now embodied. She embodies those tools. She possesses them mm-hmm. within. And so what I would recommend to individuals that are find themselves in this position is to realize that they, like Inanna, now possess the tools. They hold the capacity, the wisdom, the skills to be able to negotiate what they are finding, what is before them. And that there is an aspect of their higher self that is encouraging them to do this. And again, this isn't a test. It's an invitation for them to see how powerful they are, to see they hold the wisdom themselves. They know their own way to wholeness. And so to bring the awareness to that, that they already hold this amazing repertoire of ways in which to negotiate challenge. Yeah, I always like to use the analogy of Batman. And people always say Batman is a well-known superhero, but he's not superhuman. All he is a man with a lot of tools in his tool belt. And that's my wish and dream for every one of us is that we have the tools in our tool belt necessary to be the extraordinary super human, super heroic, heroine beings that we can be. And thank you so much, Shana. So tell everyone again where we can find the book, where we can find out more information about you. And again, we'll have it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. My website is shanazalazo.com and you can find the book at Amazon, Barnes and Noble and sacredstories.com. And I'm so excited to share this book with you all. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for being here with us today and for offering us your listening. And for those of you interested in going on an internal healing journey, one of my other passion projects is a program called om-heals.com where I had built a recruiting company that I sold years ago, and my gift was always intuition. And we spent almost a whole year creating a mathematical formula to mirror my intuition to match people with the perfect spiritual holistic practitioner for you from anywhere around the world. So if you want to learn more about that, it's free to find out who you match with. Go to omom-heals.com. And you can use coupon code INTRO20 for 20% off your first session with one of our healers. So thank you so much for joining us today. And it's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.